Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you sitting right there walking your dog. Thanks to you for including us in your life. Dustin Campbell, Tim Deputy, and Brandon Brooks. Coming up on DTNS, a city mayor threatens to sue ChatGPT for defamation. The U.S. is developing privacy laws one state at a time and why nobody logs out of anything anymore. Go ahead, try it. Try to find that logout option. You can't. Barry. Jimmy Hoffa. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, April 6th, 2023 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From deep in the heart of Texas, I'm Justin Rabbit. Young. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chen. Let us begin the proceedings today uh, as the Lord intended with the quick hits. Android developers need to let you delete your personal info or get delisted from the Play Store. Starting in 2024, Play Store listings must display links in the data deletion section to let users ask for their data or ask that it be deleted. This means there must be a web-based option that doesn't require the user to reinstall the app in order to make that request. All apps must comply by May 31st, uh, 2024 or phase removal. Google also plans to stop apps that offer personal loans from accessing sensitive user data like images and contacts. Carrying on with the Google news, CEO Sundar Pichai told the Wall Street Journal that Google plans to let users, and I quote, ask questions to Google and engage with LLMs, large language models, in the context of search. We're all shocked. Uh, of course, they've said that they would do this before, but this is the first time that anyone from Google has clearly stated it would be a chat interface similar to what Bing does. Not surprising, but first time they said it. So I guess it's significant. Pichai didn't give any sense of when this would happen, though. Uh, he also said to expect more collaboration within Google's AI units. Google Brain and DeepMind are going to team up with their brain minds and build something better. Microsoft plans to add its Microsoft 365 Copilot feature to OneNote. Last month, the company announced the AI assistant was coming to Teams, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Copilot will be able to summarize existing notes as well as rewrite or reformat them. It can also generate notes based on prompts like make talking points for a meeting, for example. Hmm. Copilot for all these apps is being tested in beta and Microsoft has not committed to a final release date. The company also added its Bing Chat AI to the SwiftKey 
keyboard for Android available by downloading the beta version of SwiftKey on the Google Play Store. Well, yeah, then you don't need to go use the Edge browser anymore. You just put SwiftKey on it. That's kind of kind of brilliant. Uh, the chips are diversifying, folks. U.S. Census data shows U.S. chip imports grew 17% on the year in February. Uh, so we're bringing in more chips, building more stuff with chips in them. But chip imports from mainland China fell 7.8%. Where'd they go? Well, chips were coming into the U.S. from Vietnam. Those chip imports rose 74.9%. Thailand rose 62.3%. South Korea rose 43.3%. India rose 34 times what it was a year ago, which is 3,400%. Uh, and Cambodia rose 698%. Those were both coming from very low numbers, but they're in the game. Uh, they, they're both in the top 10 now, just below Japan. The Financial Times reports that advertising on TikTok grew 11% in March, despite concerns over the security of the app and the potential for the U.S. government to block TikTok. According to Sensor Tower, ad spending on TikTok in March was led by Pepsi, DoorDash, Amazon, and Apple, among others. Keep in mind, they may have committed to this ad spending before congressional hearings highlighted concerns. The concerns have begun. All right, let's talk a little more about this mayor that I mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah, okay. So uh, his name is Brian Hood. Uh, he's the mayor of Hepburnshire in Australia and sent a letter to OpenAI asking it to correct false information being given about him by ChatGPT. Mayor Hood is considering suing for defamation. Members of the public told him that ChatGPT had named him as a guilty party in a bribery scandal from the early 2000s. Hood notified authorities about the bribes in question and was never charged with a crime. He knows about this incident, but ChatGPT had it wrong. So given that ChatGPT is not drawing on facts in this case, but simulating human speech, is defamation the right charge here? And if so... Who is responsible, Justin? I'm glad you're here today. So what are your thoughts? Yes, indeed. A man who got a B-plus in com law at Syracuse University <laughs> back in 2005. I am here to tell you that by the authority of Professor Roy Gutterman, uh, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of questions that you'd have to answer here. Number one, where uh, this uh, uh, case would be tried, if it'd be tried in America or in Australia, I'm far more knowledge uh, uh, in, in American laws, but what you need to do in a case for libel, which is what it's called when it is written, when something that is defamatory is written, is you have to prove actual malice, that you knew that this was wrong and you wrote it anyway, you published it anyway. Now, on the internet, you have a lot of different uh, things that, that protect for free speech or protect for people interacting with their platform. Uh, Tom can talk to you about Section 230 in great length. Uh, I would wonder whether or not some of that would not come into play here. But I will say that it would be very, very, very hard to prove, based on all of the caveats that OpenAI lays out for ChatGPT, that anything was done uh, with malice. And that's something that you would need to prove in, in, a, in a legal setting. That being said, begin... These AI lawsuits have. Uh, we are going to see this from copyright to defamation, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. This is a massive sea change in how information is synthesized, and that means that we got to write all new rules for it. Yeah, I'm looking through my uh, 1989 uh, MassCom Law book. I'm seeing nothing, uh, nothing about AI in that. Uh, 
everything Justin said was right for the U.S. It may or may not apply directly to Australia, uh, yeah. but the the sense of it is still the same, which is there is no law about what a system that is trained on facts and also trained on things that aren't facts is responsible for when it spits out something that isn't a fact. And so going back to that actual malice thing, even if Australia has a different way of doing it, it's generally the idea behind all defamation law around the world. And again, I'm no expert either, but the idea is always, uh, did they mean to defame you? Now, some countries occasionally will say, like, doesn't matter whether you meant it or not. Uh, ChatGPT is going to be in a different case there. But in all cases, it's not a you. It's not a person. And so the question of responsibility becomes a big one, which is, hey, we said this is not a system that gives you facts. We said right up there at the top every time that this gets things wrong. Are you responsible for policing it? Because, wow, that's going to really change how generative AI can be applied if you're responsible for every single thing it spits out. Uh, Or is it a case where you're like, yeah, it's almost like a random number generator. It's just less random and a lot of its output is more useful. Uh, just this morning, uh, the Washington Post ran a story, uh, very separate from this, but it was somewhat similar. A law professor had been named by Chad GPT as a sexual harassment offender of a student while on a class trip to Alaska. That professor says the Alaska trip never happened and no one has ever accused me of such a thing. And that is a problem. So this is sort of, you know, where it gets into... The area of well, if that happened, if that happened to me, I want to sue somebody, and well, I want to sue them yesterday. I, but I a, who do I sue? I have a question about that though. What's the what's the harm of a law professor sitting at his desk, looked up his buddy, found it said something defamatory about him, and then told that law professor, "Hey, this thing said it." Uh, that's different than ChatGPT posted this on Google. Right. Which it didn't do. Same thing in in Hepburnshire. One of the constituents said, hey, I looked this up and it said this. It's wrong. Uh, That's different than somebody looked it up on ChatGPT and ran a story about it. And I think that's where a lot of the discussion when these go to court and when laws are created is going to be around. And and that's that's the other other part of this is that there's no guarantee that uh, that ChatGPT would spit out that same answer twice. That's right. and that's going to also play a factor here. If you asked it a hundred times and a hundred times it said the same thing, then then maybe that's going to be some standard of proof. But but there is an you know the the technology. It's why it's important to know about the technology here, right? Before you start grafting on other and uh, what met- what can OpenAI actually do to say like oh yeah we can stop that? And what can they be like? That's just the way it works. And sometimes it's going to say stuff like that. And if you know and and. Should it not be used at all or should it be like, hey, check every fact uh, in the, in its output because it may not be right? And well, also, and I, I, wonder, I wonder if as we go forward and these kinds of cases keep cropping up, you know, just saying like, hey, this isn't right. You know, it's, it's like Snopes, right, <laughs> for AI. You know, the more humans say, oh, no, 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 let, let's make this better then, you know, the, the AI well, gets but stronger. Snopes is Snopes for AI because the AI is trained on all the things Snopes is correcting as well as trained on Snopes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's all in there, right? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 
It's interesting, and it's going to keep getting more interesting. But it's new, right? This is this is a new problem that we're just now grappling with. Of course, there are no laws. Uh, thankfully, privacy concerns on the internet have been around since the '90s. So we're just now getting around to multiple multiple states in the United States passing their own data privacy laws. Uh, Iowa is the sixth and most recent state to do so, joining California, Virginia, Utah, Connecticut, and Colorado. Uh, these state laws have differences. Uh, One of the significant ones is that the Iowa law requires you to opt out of data collection. They're allowed to collect data until you tell them, no, I don't want you to collect it. Colorado, Connecticut, and Virginia have opt-in requirements. But they generally all give you the right to know what data is being collected, what it's used for, give you a chance to request to have your data exported and even have it deleted. You can also allow collection, but not sale. Like, okay, if you collect it, but don't sell it to anybody else uh, in some cases. And you get the right to move data between services, aka data portability in some cases. Yeah, Iowa has that provision. Utah's law has an interesting spin, age verification for certain platforms, particularly social media sites. That takes effect March 2024. And oh, that's going to be interesting. Arkansas, Ohio, Connecticut, and Minnesota are considering similar laws. Maybe they should let Utah figure out how you're going to actually verify ages when you don't even know if someone is in your state. The Utah law applies only to people in Utah. So how does someone determine if someone's really in Utah or not without verifying their identity? Lots to consider here. Varying regimes mean there's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be misidentified people. IP addresses are not really accurate geolocation. Some states are allowing you to sue directly to a company that violates their laws. Other states require you to complain to the attorney general who then files the case. Not to mention the problems with verifying age when you don't know what state the user is from. Justin, is state by state the best way to do this? It's the fastest way to begin doing it because you have more leeway in 50 state houses than you do in our current congressional setting. Now, I would not be shocked if we saw movement on the federal side on this because, as we saw with the TikTok hearings a few weeks ago and the Facebook whistleblower last year, this there is a moment bubbling about the effects of social media on young people specifically. So I would not be shocked if we saw some kind of federal movement on a, uh, a an age verification system going forward. But in the meantime, it shows the will of the voters if multiple states are pushing mm-hmm. things like this going forward. Yeah, uh, certainly a will for privacy, not all of them doing age verification. Uh, so some states are fine with kids being on social media. Yeah, or at least the current ways that we that we police. Yeah, them. yeah, and then you have Senator Holly out there uh, pushing a federal ban on social media for for people under a certain age. Yeah, and and again, I mean that was something that that we saw uh, from the Democratic side with the with the TikTok hearings, uh, and and we saw a lot with that Facebook whistleblower uh, with with the idea that the social media companies may or may not almost conspiratorially know the 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 harmful effects it has on young people, specifically young girls, and they do nothing and they continue to weaponize their algorithm to menace the youth, whether or not that is something that we will continue to uh, have cement and get political traction remains to be seen. But the fact that there is movement on this on the state house means that politicians in those States know that there is a positive effect from their electorate. If they move forward on it. 
I mean, I guess if you're in the Utah case, for example, um, Utah saying, listen, you have to verify your age. That is the only way around this. And if somebody falsifies that information, then okay, we'll deal with that case by case. Oh, gosh, uh, there's so many ways to do that. So many ways to do that. I, I, I would like to see how this um, once put in place um, is effective and, you know, how it might change the way that social networks allow new users to join. And and how it how it keeps people off that shouldn't be kept off uh, because they can't properly meet the requirements for identification. Yeah, that too. There's going to be yeah, sections of that too. And considering how much we've talked about bots, uh, bots are going to be something that we will talk more and more and more about. Sorry to put AI in a non-AI story, but this is something else that we will see uh, have its effects. Maybe this is just part of our new reality as we go forward that for social media hygiene, we should be willfully registering ourselves on these platforms and there will probably be unregulated platforms and then we will we will see which ones take root yeah listen uh the the you the listener of dtns right now yeah you kind of missed the days when the news landscape was all about apple don't you Mm-hmm. Uh, well, folks, Know A Little More is my podcast that deep dives into individual topics. And the first episode of the relaunch is out right now. It's about RSS. It's Rocky History, how it ended up being the underpinning of podcasting, the personalities that fought over it, how it doesn't actually stand for anything, depending on what time in history you asked. Uh, if you have not yet sampled the show, go do it right now, uh, because big thanks to Amos, uh, who edits and produces this, and Justin at Dog and Pony Show Audio, uh, who came in and upped the game. Justin, thank you uh, for, for helping us level up with Know A Little More. Uh, absolutely. Uh, no Little More is a fantastic show. And, and uh, uh, in my opinion, in a world filled with fear, uncertainty and doubt, uh, as well as a lack of context, especially in technology stories, I think it's not only a good show, it's an important show. And it's one that we wanted to make as easy to consume as possible because we want you to share it with your friends and family. I don't think anybody in the business can do it better than Tom. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very heartened to hear the well wishes on people who have listened to the first episode. I can tell you having been working on the next few episodes, you're going to really like where it goes from here. Yeah. Keep an ear out for algorithm, open AI, Mastodon, all coming this season at knowalittlemore.com. Life is full of awesome. What ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United healthcare provides health protector guard, fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything with Stripe. I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, 
You no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. All right. Quick question. Mm-hmm. When is the last time you logged out of a website? Logged out? Mm-hmm. Logged out? Yeah. You, maybe you went on uh, vacation uh-huh. and you said, I'm doing an internet cleanse. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody was weird on Twitter oh, and you just said, shared, ah, screw it. Shared computer you, where you're like, ooh, I need to my, 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 my bank makes me log out. So that might be the last time that <laughs> I logged. forced log out. Yeah. Well, yeah. So banks and you know healthcare providers are sort of an exception. But for most sites, when are you really logged out? Do you even think about doing that? Do you log in to Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or Discord every time you come back to your computer? The answer is probably in many cases no. With all the sites and services that we use, the idea of logging out of the internet kind of doesn't exist anymore. But why? Uh, well, The Verge's Terry Wayne uh, had the same question, so spoke to several UI designers in an article titled The Impossibility of Logging Off. Uh, and in that article, it points out that logging out doesn't hold much value for either the companies making the web- websites and apps or the consumers that log into them, quote, because websites and apps have a profit-bearing incentive to keep users logged in, and we users... <laughs> We like the convenience of not having to go through the login thing again. These days, logout buttons are actually buried in settings menus in most cases. Look at Discord. Not hidden, just deprioritized as something you want to do. And on mobile devices, there are even apps like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp that don't have logout options. But I don't know. Maybe we want it this way, right, Justin? Yeah, Tom, there are upsides to this. Moving from desktop to a mobile device seamlessly as possible because we are always logged on we like the convenience of not logging in constantly or starting from scratch quote unquote every time we want to interact with an with an interface or service provider and google meta and countless other companies benefit from this because they can track our habits and learn more about us since we never really leave like philosophers in a dark cave, we all saw a different part of this story uh, when, when we when we talked about it. Sarah came at it from a privacy side. Justin came at it from a, a kind of a futurist bent. Uh, I came at it from an authentication uh, bent. Uh, so, Sarah, start with your your privacy analysis. What 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 did you make of this story? Yeah. So uh, I. <laughs> Because I hang out at Kaiser Permanente, um, a medical provider, quite often these days, um, I am logged into that site, I don't know, five times a week, at minimum. Um, but after a certain amount of time, like you mentioned, Justin, with banks, it'll log you out. That is part of the user interface. That's part of the user experience. That is designed to make the user feel, okay, I'm, you know, Protected. yeah, I yeah, I'm protected, they care about me, all good. But on something like Discord, when have I ever logged out of Discord? Mm, why, why would I? I'm either there or I'm not. Maybe I'm on mobile. Maybe I'm on my desktop. Uh, a variety of different desktops. Um, and I really don't 
I don't think too much about that because, again, the convenience of this is, for the most part, during my day, especially because I'm a very online person, that makes sense to me. But yes, data is being collected about my habits. And I, I've, I've kind of said like, all right, that's cool. But yeah, the whole idea of like going to the internet, coming I mean, out of the internet, we're not, we're, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. And even if you log off, sometimes the cookies are still set, you know, session totally. tracking cookies are, are still collecting your, your, your data. Uh, Justin, explain your take on this story. So number one, I think part of the other element of this is the fact that we've gotten so used to deleting and uninstalling, and that has effectively replaced our idea to log out of something. We can When we can just eliminate it entirely, we probably even feel better than logging out. But this is where I went with it. I wonder, especially considering we are about to have much more of a natural language interface with a lot of our technology, but by way of AI, sorry again for putting AI in the story that didn't have AI, but Apple uh, <laughs> just can't get away from it. I know, I know, I know send all your hate mail to me uh, or at least my AI assistant. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wonder whether or not there is a world that is coming wherein of course we're always logged into these apps because we are interacting with a natural language model that brings us what we want when we want it and the world of getting the full fire hose of Twitter, the world of getting the full fire hose of Instagram or Facebook is looked upon as being too much. Why do that when you can have your personal assistant bring you all of the relevant pictures, videos, tweets, and opinions at your demand instead of watching it roll tick by tick by tick by tick by tick. And if that's the case, it will be predicated on the idea that we are always logged on or we can tell our AI assistant to disconnect from that service. Please close my account or leave it dormant. Yeah, I, I, I think I think about it from the authentication standpoint of the reason we don't log out is because it's so painful to log in. Uh, you have to remember a password, and if you're doing it right, you have a second factor that you have to go dig up and either you know stick a, into your computer unless you keep your key in your computer all the time or look up a code or get a text message. Uh, why would I want to log out if I have to do that all the time? And it is annoying on the things that you should log out of, like health sites, like bank sites. I look forward to the day when authentication gets so secure and fast at the same time, maybe with biometrics, some Fido magic that happens in the future, that looking at the site logs you in. Uh, launching the site, it knows who you are and logs you in. And ending the site actually logs you out. Closing a browser tab doesn't log you out. Uh, and, and, but it could, uh, and I, I could see a, I could see a future where we get so good at biometrics and authentication and recognition and computer vision, uh, that we can securely log you in immediately because you are the one using the site and then do the opposite, log you off when you're done so that you're not still logged in for whatever reason. Uh, anyway, those are our three takes uh, on this story. I thought it was a fascinating story because it gave us such different perspectives among this team. Thank you, Terry and Wayne, uh, for bringing that up on The Verge. Send us your takes. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Be Real Films, the makers of my favorite movie, Not Midsommar, We'll begin production this autumn on a TV series telling the story of the Pirate Bay for Sweden's SVT public broadcaster. The six-part drama will follow the rise of the BitTorrent Index, its attempts to avoid blocks, 
and eventual decline. Dynamic Television has the worldwide rights, uh, distribution rights rather, but no release date or platforms have been announced. We don't exactly know where it's going to land yet. But Dynamic will be looking for deals at MIPTV, which uh, starts on April 17th in Cannes in the south of France. I think of all the stories that want to be free. <laughs> really? The pirate based story wants to be free. Wants to be free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're the folks who did Midsummer, so this is that. this is going to look better than the Pirates of Silicon Valley, uh, I expect. Uh, well, and listen, I said I didn't like the movie. I didn't because it's a disturbing movie, yeah. but it's because well produced. Because they were good at it, telling the story yes. is why you didn't they like it. They were so yeah. good at it, I watched it twice and said I hate it even more. But um, I would – yeah, I I feel like uh, having covered the Pirate Bay uh, in various incarnations over the last – I don't know. What are we talking about? Two decades now? Yeah. Um, you know, th- this is – let's see it. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm I'm jealous that Sweden gets it first on on SVT. They know where they can watch it. The rest of us have to wait. I'm my money's on Amazon Prime. They they're still they're still throwing Ooh, money around these days. Yeah, Amazon yeah. trying to trying to get that that hot show. Yeah, my right. money's on Rockster. <laughs> my money's on on it just being distributed <laughs> freely yeah. on the internet <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's check out the mailbag. Uh, Tim, the DBA, had thoughts about our ad conversation we were having with Scott Johnson yesterday and the idea that AI could make ads better. Tim says, when searching for a product on Google, I skip past the ads, even if they look like a product I'm searching for, because it does not benefit me to be tracked by those ads. I find TV ads very engaging and choose not to have a TV in my house in large part to avoid being exposed to such ads. So, do I want to make ads better? Absolutely not. I don't want them in the first place. And I certainly don't want them to be more effectively influencing me. Tim says, I agree with Sarah that we can't get rid of ads. That was a point that I made yesterday. Tim says, do I fall for clickbait from time to time? Of course. But I see that as a fault of mine to correct, not an activity to improve. I'd rather pay directly for quality products like DTNS. Thank you, Tim. than be exposed to ads. Now, I know Tim the DBA is an exception to what I'm about to say. None of this applies to Tim the DBA. But most humans do like ads. They just don't consider them ads. If you don't like an ad, it's because it was ineffective, because it didn't give you what you wanted. Now, there's an, I'm not, that's not exactly right. There are effective ads that you don't like, but then they work because it sticks the brand in your mind and you remember them. Uh, but most good ads are the ones that you're like, oh, that gave me an important piece of information. Thank you for that. Now I know about a thing. Uh, and, and so, I don't know. I, I think... I think people have attached a moralism to whether ads are good or not uh, that, that, is, that is not exactly fair to the utility of ads, even though there's plenty of ads I don't like, but that's because they're useless to me. And I don't, I, 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 that's all I care about. I want the ads I see to be relevant. I would also like to add that while I am positive that Tim the DBA does want to pay for quality products, including products like this. And he does, yes. Video, the question is, are you willing to pay the price that the product thinks you should pay <laughs> or mm-hmm. could be paid if they just mentioned that DoorDash is a very, very good product for which you can get your favorite restaurants delivered to you? 
Use promo code jury. <laughs> good, good luck. Good luck with that promo code. <laughs> well, jury, speaking of you, um, we, uh, we do want people to know more about what you're up to. So let, let the good people know. Uh, it's finally here, friends. Uh, the third season of World's Greatest Con, uh, starring Brian Brushwood, produced by Dog and Pony Show Audio. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And it debuts this Monday. Uh, it is an extraordinary season for the first time ever. Uh, Brian and I interviewed uh, first-person sources for the story of Project Alpha. If you're not familiar with it, you can look it up online. When you read the story, I guarantee you what you will hear in this podcast is something materially different. For the first time, the truth of that will come out. And it begins this Monday, April 10th. World's Greatest Con. Find it wherever you get your podcast. Listen to the first two seasons to get ready for the new one. Starts this Monday. Well, uh, yes. Put it on your cow, everybody. Put it on. Yes. Um, also, we would like to put on our new boss, Virgilio. Just started backing us on Patreon. Thank you, Virgilio. So glad to have you on board. Now, I don't know what level Virgilio is at. Uh, but if it's at the associate producer level, uh, he's now going to get some some fun little thank yous, you know, some stickers, some postcards. I mean, if he's up at the master or grandmaster level, he's going to get some mugs or hoodies every three months. As long as as long as Virgilio sticks around for three months, he'll get one thing every three months. All the patrons do. All the patrons get access to know a little more right there in the Patreon feed. They get access to the editor's desk. They get Sarah's live with it. They get Roger's column uh, and they get uh, the video links uh, to the YouTube video of Good Day Internet as well as Good Day Internet itself. Uh, and that's going to happen right now. So patrons like Virgilio, stick around for the extended show. We're going to talk about talking to your AI. Tired of typing? Typing is for suckers. We're going to talk about Call Samantha on Good Day Internet. Stick around. I love my hoodie. Just saying. It was free because I'm a staff member, but... They are good hoodies. Uh, but just a reminder, you can catch the show live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2000 UTC. And you can find out more about how to do that at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We are back tomorrow talking about alternative fuels for cars with Tim Stevens and Len Peralta drawing the top tech stories. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.